0: Hey, this is Steve, and this is
1: Ryan, and
0: Cole, and you're listening to Sixty Cycle Hum—the guitar, buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, drinking whiskey, playing podcasts.
1: (laughs) Welcome back to the show, Cole. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, hey, you bet. And thanks for coming all the way back down a week later to do this all again. It's crazy. I can still feel the beer from last week's episode. <laughs> we're, uh, we're drinking some more. I think we've just moved on to regular whiskey. Well, you've got a whiskey and Coke. Uh, I've got a whiskey here or a scotch that our buddy Daniel Tyatt gave to me when my baby was born. Oh and uh you had a baby,
0: congratulations. I had a baby
1: a while back ago and uh Co's moved on to water, I think. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Good call. <laughs> There's been a couple times where Steve doesn't go home for a while after episode. It's nah, not that long. <laughs> <laughs> I've got church tonight, yeah. so uh, Steve, you wanted to crash on the couch? <laughs> oh gosh. It's
0: freaking like two o'clock. <laughs> <laughs>
1: two o'clock at night? Whoa. No. Those guys record late. I know. What
0: It's not the rock and roll lifestyle. It's the podcast lifestyle. What are we? What are we doing with this line of Coke?
1: (laughs) (laughs) A line of Coca Colas.
0: Yes, that's what happens when you take a 12-pack and you, like... Just line it out. Line it up. Yeah. Put this it on is your a... table.
1: I don't know, guys. This is a lot of sugar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get diabetes for sure. <laughs> All right. What's new with you, Steve? Uh, I've got a rant. Oh, great. Here we go. R- rant for Are us. we gearing up? Yeah. Take a drink. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Rant up, Steve. <laughs> hey, uh,
0: for reals, if you guys create a 60-cycle hum drinking game, that would be ridiculous. Yeah,
1: someone was talking about that. Who was talking about that? Uh, I don't remember. Was like I think it, it was, was Jimmy, guys. wasn't it, Jimmy? Jimmy
0: Jr.? and I think Phil were talking about it in the group. Yeah, maybe. Um, I know one of it was every time Steve gear, every time Steve gears up for something, uh-huh. finish your drink.
1: I know that every time uh, one of us like slurps or messes up a word, I drink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, like a week or two ago. Um, Taylor Swift announced her new album. Uh This is going to be a little pop culture. If you hate pop music, then, I don't know, skip ahead like two minutes. Uh, Just listen. It'll (laughs) be fun. Do you promise
1: that this will only be two minutes? I'm going to do my best. (laughs) If you laugh
0: for 30 seconds, I'm not going to finish in two minutes. Don't blame it on me. Um, So Taylor Swift put out this new song. It's called Shake It Off. It's catchy. She raps in it. It's weird. Um, wait, how much are she rap raps in it? Like, well, it's like, does pop, she Debbie, it's like pop rap? Does she
1: Debbie Harry rap or does she like full on? The De- Debbie
0: Harry rap is fair. Okay. Like it's kind of, you know, it's, it's the pop rap. It's semi rapping, but not, it's not like Eminem or does that make me racist? I just went from a white girl to yeah, a white kind rapper. Of, kind <laughs> of, you know, she's, she's not rolling with the, uh, say
1: the name of a black rapper that you like. Um, Dr. Dre? There you go. <laughs> it doesn't count if you put a question on it. <laughs>
0: Actually, I've been li- I have been—I was listening to a ton of propaganda and a ton of Lecrae. Right. Uh, but I was thinking of Diggable Planets because they were just on another podcast. But anyway. Sure, sure. Um, uh, so she put the song out and it's like her first Quote pop album, even though, in my opinion, she's been doing pop music for a while and sure isn't really country, hasn't been country for a few years. Strong words, Steve. Um, I know. Um, <laughs> but the funny thing about this, this quote pop song, it's called Shake It Off, is um, it sounds like Hanson, okay? Uh, you know, the band Hanson, yeah, most famous for umbop, yeah, but they were really like they were always kind of just doing this bluesy thing, sure. So if you listen to um, Taylor Swift, Shake It Off, which just came out. And, um, oh my gosh, I just forgot the name of the Hanson song, but it came out in, I, th- I want to say 2010, 2011. Uh-huh. Um, uh, you find something from that era or even like Hanson did a cover of shake your tail feather. Okay. If you listen to that and listen to the Taylor Swift song, those two songs could exist on the same album. Sure. Or be um, like on
1: the same radio station next to each other. Exactly.
0: You could play one and play the other. I'm and- not familiar
1: with either of these songs. That's, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Cole and I are just like okay, we believe you. What's going to happen right now is um,
0: Ben, uh, uh-huh. our buddy Ben Kashik uh-huh. from uh, Unearthed Music uh, from the uh, Ground Sound Podcast, yeah. is going to listen to this, and then he's going to tell Christina that Steve was talking about Hanson, uh-huh. and then Christina's going to like start screaming.
1: Oh my gosh! Uh,
0: <laughs> we have a fr- uh, we have a
1: friend who's been following Hanson since forever she's
0: been trying to get my wife to go to hansen shows with her yeah and it, it hasn't happened yet but i believe it still that
1: might. i believe that their current stuff and that they their the, uh you know their grown-up stuff is good i just don't have any motivation in my yeah, life to check it out yeah, it's uh <laughs> <laughs> it's fair i you yeah, know i'm fair. very fine with you know my impression of Hanson being of them being uh 10 years old being 10 years old i don't need to change that in my life i mean maybe if i'll, I'll maybe i'll hear one of their songs someday and be like okay I need that. I need to listen to them. But I'm honestly not even that big into kind of the modern alt-blues sort of thing. That's not right. That's not my my scene anyway, so why would I even really get into them, you know?
0: Oh, the song's called Thinking About Something. But well, I believe that so, they're good. So listen to Hanson. Uh, listen to Taylor Swift, uh, Shake It Off and then listen to Hanson's Thinking About Something. Uh-huh. It's basically the same song. Like they don't they're not the same song in terms of chord structures and whatever, but they are so similar to each other that they could coexist on the same album. Sure. They could be the same artist. They could be on a compilation together. Exactly. Exactly. They're definitely the same. And so it's just funny to me that, that oh, new Taylor Swift album. She's putting out a song that could have existed on a Hanson album. three four years ago I mean
1: everything sounds like something else right how picky are we gonna get
2: how much actual new sounds are coming out anymore zero
1: (laughs) wait you're not down with the new EDM Coldplay oh my gosh I don't want to talk about that (laughs) oh man you're
0: you're gonna have to when you mix this you're gonna have to bring my volume way down for this part I can tell you already oh
1: you think you're loud
0: I feel like I've just been yelling for the last two minutes that's all you do Steve you just yell (laughs) that's
1: true (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's that Uh, ad you got there? Steve is worried because a couple episodes back, I mixed them a little hot. I mean, you know, it's not my fault Steve's a little hot. That's his mom and dad's fault. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to hit my ad first. It is for a 1981, the year of my birth, Kramer XKG-20 aluminum neck guitar. I thought I would, you know, talk about this because this is a really interesting... Part of guitar history, especially from Kramer a guitar company that's known mostly for their kind of mid to late 80s shredder guitars right like, like uh, Van Halen's Frankenstein Strat was a Kramer all kinds of people were playing Kramer's in the 80s to you know do their hair metal and and uh, super fast shreddy sort of stuff with Floyd Roses and whatnot uh, but the 70s like late 70s through early 80s Kramer were these really funky kind of uh classic rock-styled guitars that had this really unique aluminum neck. And it had this neck that was aluminum through like the core of it and would have a strip of aluminum on the side and, and up like the skunk stripe. But really, it was mostly aluminum with little pieces of wood over parts of it so it wouldn't feel so cold in your hand. And it had this really bizarre like a uh, tuning fork headstock. Right. Uh, these guitars are really interesting to look at. Uh, there's a market for them. A lot of people kind of pick up these guitars and make them their, their playing guitar for the rest of their life. But they're just funky to me, and I've heard all kinds of different mixed things about it. This one is for 425 which is yeah, a fair price. What model is this? The XKG-20. I couldn't find any on eBay that had been recently sold. Uh, but uh, the XKB line, which is the baseline, those routinely go for around a thousand bucks. Wow. Dang. Uh, so you got to figure this is probably worth closer to the, to that, but it's you know it's a limited market for these. So on Craigslist, four twenty five is a totally fair price. Probably worth getting, picking up, or going to check out if you like it. This one though has the price might be lower because it does have some modifications to it. The bridge was changed. Oh. There's some toggle switches on it that are dead. Who knows what they did? There's only a one humbucker in here, so what could that be? A toggle for coil tap? A toggle, in and out of
0: phase? Toggle for phase? Probably coil tap. That would be my guess. But what would be,
1: what would be the third one?
0: Oh, there's three.
1: Yeah, maybe a full like just kill switch. I don't know. That's single weird. Oh,
0: col- well, that would be the tap. No, I feel yeah. like I should have actually read this article that I pulled up.
1: Well, the, the article says that the uh, the uh, the switches are dead, so they're not connected to anything.
0: Oh. I, I don't You know. know what I'm looking at? An XKG20 on a site called Com, and there's no switch on it.
1: No, because it's single pickup. Yeah. the The, the switches are aftermarket.
0: Oh, mm. okay. Mm. So, um... I don't know. Maybe the guy planned uh, on doing something and then never did it. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, I would, maybe
1: it was there was some kind of active circuit in there, at some point. Yeah, maybe. Like a maybe even like an onboard distortion or something. Yeah, that's or, weird. I, I have no idea what it would be. Or, or maybe he had I, thoughts of putting a piezo in the bridge. Who knows?
0: They only made these for like two years, basically. Yeah. Well, the
1: SKG. They're supposed to be more kind of like a budget line of these. Oh, okay. Uh something I've heard about these is that they're insanely temperature sensitive because of the aluminum neck. Right. Like people have said like what I've always heard, you know, seeing people talk about theirs on forums and whatnot over the years, is that you you pull the guitar out of the case and then you just really have to hold it for a while to get it up to room temperature and to get it to what temperature it's going to be at oh when you're going gosh. to play it. Ugh. Because if you tune it and then all of a sudden you just pick it up and start playing with it, like the the neck will flex because of the temperature change. And all of a sudden you'll be out of tune and in a completely different like uh action, like the action will change <laughs> because of the aluminum neck is so sensitive to temperature. So it's kind of like these are really interesting guitars. But that element of it makes it so funky that I don't know if I'd ever be into these. Also, the can you co- imagine pulling this thing out of
0: the like? You pull this thing out of your like. Obviously, you don't if you're not living in San Diego. Say you're living in like right. I don't know, Billings, Montana,
1: <laughs> somewhere that has weather. Yeah, and, and so atmosphere. You,
0: so you pull this thing out of your car in the middle of winter, and you go up on stage to play it at like the local dive bar, and you put your hand on on your guitar, and for the entire set. Your guitar is sweating, oh man, condensation because <laughs> because the neck has not is like. It's- Still continuing to adjust to, like, this warm, moist room, and, like, it just keeps condensing. Yeah, and it's just dripping water, and just water <laughs> dripping all over your hands. It's it, it's really crazy. So, apparently, Kramer made these various aluminum-net guitars. I said earlier that they only made this for two years,
1: uh-huh. the XKG. Right, but there were other models. But they made other models. This from- is a later model. Yeah,
0: they made these from 1976 to 1985. Mm-hmm. Like the whole aluminum neck thing. I always think of Travis Bean uh was a was one of the big aluminum neck manufacturers, but um the Kramer that I always heard about was the Duke. Yeah, that was like was, the headless uh, one it was yeah, it was like kind of like Kramer doing a Steinberger thing. Right. Um I've always wanted to play an aluminum neck guitar. I've seen them, but when you go into a store and they've got like an aluminum neck guitar up on the wall for two K. Yeah. I don't want to touch it. I don't ordering. want to touch anything that I know that if it breaks, I can't put it on a credit card.
1: <laughs> well, you really think you're going to break an aluminum neck? I don't know.
0: <laughs>
1: Stranger things have happened. Uh, you, know, it, you know, I kind of understand the sentiment, though, when you go into a guitar store and there's all the different guitars hanging down where you can get them. And then there's that multi-thousand dollar one up on the wall. Yeah. And you're like, oh, if that was down here, I would play it. But I totally don't want to talk to someone to get them to take it down and have them staring over my shoulder while I play this thing just to see what it feels like. Because I totally don't feel like buying it.
2: (laughs) If it's within arm's reach, my opinion is they expect a sweaty-palmed kid to play it. Oh, sure. Sure. Are you Are you really like that's su-
0: much of a sweaty palm Apparently,
2: kid? Apparently. I don't know. It's a reputation I have.
1: Ryan, are you a sweaty <laughs> palm kid? I used to be. I don't think I am as much anymore. I used to have like the whole acidic sweat thing going on.
0: I can tell when someone else has played one of my instruments because I don't have like that sticky sweat thing going on. Huh. And so um, I remember you... You year-
1: excrete like a baby powder. I guess. <laughs> or a gold know. bond or something. I
0: remember years ago... Um, Going into I used to keep all my gear at church Um, I still keep some of my gear at church But I remember going in uh, For like a band practice or something And I picked up my guitar I, Well first I looked at my amp And all the knobs had moved I thought oh maybe it just got knocked around Whatever uh-huh. And then I picked up my guitar And it was just dis- Like I could not move my hand up and down the neck It was so oh, sticky gross. And I was like what in the world And it turned out like one of the high schoolers at my church who was in a band with Adam Uh or was like doing music with Adam had like played my guitar in the middle of the week and just left it like completely disgusting. And like I don't consciously wash my hands before or after playing. Sure. Because I never play a guitar and then go back to it like a couple days later and think Oh, I should have washed my hands after the last time. Or I should have washed my hands right before, or wiped this down, or something. Because I don't leave nasty residue all over my <laughs> instruments.
1: <laughs> but that's because you're not a teenager, Steve. But it seems like from from things <laughs> I've <am> read,
0: <laughs> from things I've read, it seems like I'm like the rarity of people that don't have like this nasty sweat. Yeah, when they play guitar, that leaves everything sticky and gross. I don't
1: think about my sweat when I'm playing. I, you know, I kind of if I. That's because you're
0: always sweaty, so yeah, you play and it probably leaves a nasty residue. But the next time you play, you're already sweating, right? So, so it just al- rejoins it exactly.
1: It like liquefies and I'm it's just like in at, my greasy groove. It's like
0: when you have a tongue oil. <laughs> it's like when you have one of those tongue oil necks, and, it, and like it's there, yeah. and then you just put another coat on. It just morphs right into the pre-existing coat. Sure. Sure. I, I used to feel bad about it until I saw Jimmy Eat World
2: live and saw Jim Adkins and The Way That Dude Sweats. Oh, man. Dude, that guy... My wife he always... sheets tell-
0: sweat. My wife always tells me I look like that guy. I don't know. I have no idea. You don't even know what that guy yeah, looks
1: like. Yeah, I don't like. know what that guy looks like. I'm going to start a Jimmy World cover band. I know. I told you to do it. I you know. I remember you <laughs> saying that a few weeks back, and I'm in.
2: He's in. He's in, in the band. Oh, I'll man. Join. I've done several Jimmy World
1: covers and bands. what what I've are you guys... Gonna play like who's gonna be the bassist? We'll find somebody else, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Neither of you guys are
0: gonna be the bassist. There are two guitarists in Jimmy World. There are okay, two guitars, bass, drums, some chick playing the keyboards. Is that misogynistic? It sounds pretty rough. Oh, oh, some chick, huh? Sorry, guys, yeah, it's the whiskey talking.
1: <laughs> uh, the, the alcohol just ma- you know, releases what's already in you, Steve. Uh, oh, that was gosh. eight. All right, let's move on. We, we've drifted so far off of this. Let's move on to the next uh, next ad here. You, you want to read yours, Co? All right.
2: Uh, so what I've got here is a SX Vintage Custom Handmade Telecaster Guitar, 295. Uh, amazing <laughs> condition, 350 or best
1: offer, even though it says 295 <laughs> up top. <laughs> so... What do you think? Uh, you think it's custom or vintage or handmade? I think it's neither. Personally, none of those things. No, none uh, of those things. You were saying before the show that you've ha- you've owned an SX uh, bass guitar. Yeah, I had an SX version of a P
2: bass. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, in my quest for instruments to pile up in the closet, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I-, I liked it for a while, but sure. it definitely did not meet the standards of a. Gigging, playing, beating up all the time type of bass. Uh, How much
1: did you pay for that bass, you think? Tops
2: 125.
1: Well, it wasn't vintage or customer handmade. No, it it was none of those things. (laughs) We're having a little bit of a joke here because SX is a brand that you buy through a site called Rondo Music. Yeah. And it is, you know, all kinds of really budget import guitars that you can't buy anywhere else. There's no shop in America that sells these things as far as I know. Yeah. Uh, and technically
0: Rondo is located in the United States.
1: Yeah. They, (laughs) they have a physical store somewhere, but I think it's just a front for this online retailer. So the guy has a shop and he's has some in there that he's checking out, but then really like he, you know, manages shipping these things all over the place. Uh, my brother owned an SX base for a while. Uh, no sx anything is worth three hundred dollars no uh <laughs> they are what they are they're a you know 150 and fifty dollar at best sort of entry level or beat around sort of instrument i don't know what this guy is smoking with this ad i don't know where he got the idea that it was vintage or custom well it's butter or blonde it's blonde so. it is blonde he got that part right and uh <laughs> Or handmade. I don't know where you got the handmade thing from. Like, the, you know, I'm sure hands were involved. Well, I know I'm that, sure <laughs> someone used their hands to use a screwdriver to attach the neck to the neck plate and to assemble certain parts of it. But it's these came off of a CNC line for sure.
0: I think the vintage label is actually like I think this line. Oh, they call of them the, fend- the fenders. Oh. They did like because they do P bass, jazz
1: bass. Right. Telecaster Stratocaster I think they were all called like the vintage series. Uh, okay. So he's maybe he's confused or maybe he's just trying to say the series but still 295 there's no way. Yeah. No, that's terrible. Yeah.
0: Um this thing was probably like 150-180 tops
1: after shipping.
0: Um SX yeah. I mean SX makes a good they were for a while, it's kind of died off. I feel like the modding scene in general is kind of like slowing down. Well, I
1: think the modding scene has moved on to greener pastures. Maybe. They're like, okay, we figured our stuff out. We don't need to buy import guitars. We'll buy Squires or we'll buy, you know. We'll buy different, we'll buy more expensive import guitars. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, they'll buy, you know, more commonly branded yeah. import guitars. They don't yeah. want to buy an SX. And then try to figure out how to carve the headstock into something more appealing, you know they'll they'll just start with you know an affordable Squire, right? At least yeah, then you know, you
2: know I, the neck pockets are going to be the same. Exactly. I yeah, yeah, sort of
0: played that uh, before you sold it. That uh, Sx your brother had. Uh huh. I wanted to light that thing on fire. It
1: was pretty rough. Yeah. I I, mean, tr- I tried my best to you know adjust the truss and get the neck as straight as possible, but it was pretty rough. Yeah. And the there was I never opened it up, but The jack was loose and there was like a wiring problem in it and stuff. It would crackle and lose signal and whatnot. Someone else's problem. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) some guy, I sold it for my brother on Craigslist and some guy came and picked it up and he told me that he was going to try to drill holes in it and put LEDs all through it. Nice. Like in the neck and stuff and in in parts of the body. And I told the guy to send me pictures when he was done because I just couldn't imagine it being... Cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this, this ad kind of hits he on nev-
1: he never sent me pictures anyways. This but.
0: ad kind of hits on one of my Craigslist pet peeves, and I know it it's usually an accident. I've done it. Uh-huh. I, I hate myself when I do it. Um is when the price in the listing is different than the price in the ad. Yeah. So this one is like asking two ninety-five, but in the ad it says like three fifty your best offer. It's like
1: which one is it? Well, it means that it was originally 350 and then he's been lowering his price.
0: Yeah, the only way mm. this thing is going to sell is like 120. Oh, maybe. Maybe like if this was 100 bucks, I might think about it. Uh, I wouldn't buy it cuz yeah, I don't have the get, money, but I would think about it. You could get
1: that and slam, you know, a better neck into it and it would be a guitar that plays like a Telecaster. Right. It might
0: even be a decent neck. It's just ugly. You're
1: gonna need to s- swap at least one of those pickups. Neck pickups yeah. are usually pretty fine, no matter what. But bridge pickup, you're gonna need a new bridge pickup on that. Yeah, I can't imagine you not. Uh, there, there are some. I think RondoMusic.com is worth checking out. There's some cool stuff on there. For sure. Steve right now is is eyeballing a uh, a panda guitar.
0: Oh my! Oh, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. They've got some uh, like kid guitars on there.
1: Yeah. In
0: like different animal body shapes. So they've got a panda, a tiger, oh, a
1: dog. They're cheap too, aren't cow, they? Like 40 bucks cow. or something. Um, I don't there's think
0: there's no a cow. cow. Sorry. My uh-huh. son would be um, all about that. And uh and I the dog and the panda and the tiger um, whatever the fourth one is isn't on clearance. There's a ladybug. The ladybug's not on clearance. The ladybug is eighty bucks. Oh, and there's like a shark. Uh, and the shark is eighty. The shark is dumb.
1: Yeah, the shark's stupid.
0: Um, but the panda and the tiger are both like fifty bucks, and I'm really thinking about picking one up for my kid.
1: Those are cheap lap steel projects too. Yeah, you pick one of those, you could turn it lap steel real it can quick. Could
0: be a lot of different things, but I just I don't know. There's something about it that like I look at that and I'm like. I'm, it's a tw- like 20 inch scale. They're super tw- small. 21 inch scale. It's really small. But part of me feels like I could have a lot of fun with this. And at like 50, <laughs> 60 bucks, it's something that like I could just, my kid would have a lot of fun with. She'd think, like, oh, panda, that's cool. Uh huh. Or, ca- or tiger, that's cool. And um, she could just go to town, and if she beats the crap out of it, I don't care. It was like 50 bucks.
1: Yeah. Well, it's going to be 65 bucks after shipping or whatever. whatever. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at them right now. It's a, a rabbit, panda, ladybug, and then a full-body rabbit.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> full-body Tiger,
2: rabbit. shark. Oh, and then the dog. You're
0: right. Oof, oof. i don't like the dog one yeah the dog one's weird the bone, I, they're all the pretty weird they're yeah.
1: all, they're
0: very cartoony
1: they're very funky
0: but uh I don't, yeah i forgot about that like you
1: just imagine seeing these hanging on like a vendor in on the like hanging from the rafters of a vendor at like a swap meet or something and they're all wrapped in like weird plastic right and where did these come from what is going on Basement level. Maybe I should buy a bunch of these on clearance
0: at fifty bucks, and then go to the swap meet and try to sell them for seventy five.
1: Oh my gosh, it might work.
0: I I, (laughs) I recently saw a short scale Daisy Rock. Yeah, at Goodwill. Daisy rocks around. How much was 35 it? Thirty five bucks. Oh, shoot. I was so tempted to pick it
1: up. You should I still, have. I might go back and look. It's a bass it. or a guitar. Guitar. Wait, which Whoa. good? Which good will I'm not going to tell you yet. <laughs> <laughs> no. What? What did it look like? What model was it?
2: Uh... It was double cut uh single humbucker, okay, so one of the ones
1: that, scale. that looks more like a guitar and less like a butterfly or yeah, flower yeah, or it was like, like a g- real guitar shape okay wow, thirty five bucks that's worth it. My yeah. sister
0: had one of the Daisy rock acoustics, and it's not bad,, uh-huh. and I have played some of their elect they're like Les Paul copies, yeah, I thought about if they didn't put' them in like in like these very I don't want even say girly colors. The colors are whatever. I'm just not into Pink Sparkle. I'll actually really like... I'm the, down with Pink
1: Sparkle. I really
0: <laughs> like the matted black one, but I wasn't down with the nautical star that they yeah, put on it.
1: That's the thing that I don't like is the graphics that they put on it. Um,
0: just leave it without graphics. But the ones that they put in, they were like 300, 350, and they were super playable. Oh, yeah. They were definitely like at least as good. I'm not going to say you know these are like quality, like, high-end instruments, but they were at least as good as what was being put out by, like, Schecter and ESP in a similar
1: price range. Mm -hmm. Well, we've talked about Daisy Rock before. that They they used to be part of Schecter. Right. And now they're their own thing. But, yeah, when they were part of Schecter is when I used to check them out, and they were great. They would have Duncan design pickups in them. They felt like actual guitars they weren't a toy you know yeah
0: like i said my sister had one of their acoustics Uh and it was small and so that took a little bit of adjusting to like just the different scale and the the body being tiny and it had an ovation back so yeah um but it but (laughs) but it played great like it was a great playing guitar
1: Uh um
0: i don't know i don't know what she did with it but
1: i wouldn't mind picking up one of the daisy shaped ones from back in the day i'd play that but
0: not the butterfly
1: no, nah, I'm into the Daisy. Okay. Yeah, I could go for what that. What about the heart? The heart's cool, I guess. I think I just imagine myself playing the Daisy one for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, I'm going to read this
1: last yeah, ad. Yeah, i hit that last ad.
0: This is a Gibson SG. It's $700, which is normally an okay price for an SG. It
1: uh, depends on the model. Yes.
0: It says, selling one of my...
1: <laughs> Try again, Steve. You English. Can do it. This is the sort of stuff that other podcasts would edit out. Yeah. But we're just going to leave it.
0: Uh, that's true. <laughs> Selling my one-of-a-kind Gibson SG. I have yet to find one like it. It sounds just as good as it looks. This thing looks fantastic. It looks really great. It's a sunburst. Um, I. It's. Yeah, it looks great. My biggest complaint
1: about SGs is that they're all either red or black. Yeah. I'd really love some extra color variation. This one is neat because it has this sunburst thing going on. I really dig it. Okay, continue.
0: <laughs> it says, uh, it, com- it comes loaded with two Seymour Duncan Antiquity humbuckers. So this guy dropped some coin on humbuckers. Yeah. Uh, 500k pots, Gibson Deluxe Vintage Tuners, and Bone nut. So there's been some upgrades. Oh, yeah.
1: He's pre- he's touched every part of this guitar with upgrades. It was
0: professionally replaced. Ref- Professionally repainted in a beautiful cherry sunburst and had aged fret markers put in to give it that perfect vintage look. I don't, I don't even know what that means. Right. Everything was professionally set up. Nothing is wrong with the guitar. Just want to try something new. Case is included. Asking $700 cash, OBO. So I emailed him. Ryan actually emailed him like half an hour before me. I'm going to read the response he gave to me. He says... Uh, when I had it repainted, the painter misplaced the logo while it was at a shop. I don't even understand this because in the picture, it's a black headstock. What did he... Right. Like, nothing about the headstock looks repainted to me.
1: Yeah. The, well, the headstock is missing the, the Gibson inlay. Right. And so it's just... In in the pictures, we were looking at, like, does is this... Like, did he tape over it? Because sometimes people will tape yeah. over logos and stuff. Yeah. And, or is, did he marker over it? We couldn't figure it out, but apparently the inlay is just completely yeah. gone. So this
0: is, let me back up. This is what I wrote him. I said, I'm interested in the Gibson SG you've got up on Craigslist not to buy. I just wanted to know more about it. Sure, sure. That's interest, right?
1: I didn't even say that. I just like, oh, what's the deal with this?
0: Nice. I said, one thing that I was confused about in the pictures was the headstock logo. It looks like there's some issue with the headstock. Can you clarify what's going on here? Thanks. And he said, uh, when I had it repainted, the painter misplaced the logo while it was at his shop, which I don't really understand because
1: it's not, can you remove the Gibson logo off the head sock? Oh, of course. It's an inlay. Okay. You know, people who who work in guitars know how to pop that stuff out. And it, maybe it did have like a, he said it was painted from brown. So maybe it had like a natural headstock and he did have it painted. Right. So in that case, you would need to remove the inlay and then put it back in.
0: Yeah. um, No joke. I just deleted this email. Oh, great. Uh, But it's okay because I'm on an iPhone and I can find it quickly. I had a gig that weekend and I didn't have time to deal with it. To me, it is just a minor cosmetic flaw that can be fixed very inexpensively. It just doesn't bother me. I encourage you to see it in person before you write it off. It's a wonderful SG and has served me well.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So I'm not a huge like. I understand thing, get, things get torn up. I when I saw this SG, I thought it was cool because the idea of a three tone sunburst SG is uh-huh. something that's cool to me. But the idea of buying one and then having to like pay somebody else to put the head like the headstock inlay back or whatever like that yeah. just doesn't sit I mean, well with I me. I
1: don't currently own any Gibson guitars. If I was going to go out and drop 700 bucks on a Gibson, I'd want to have that inlay in there. I know it's just a vanity thing, but I want to have it in there. Yeah. Like that would bother me. Like big time. We're all staring at each other like, who's going to talk next?
0: Um, in, in, some ways, in some ways, I mean, even with that in mind, like the price... Well, you said it was brown in the email. Cause That's
1: what he said. He said it was refinished from uh, a brown finish, which I take as meaning that it was one of those like natural finished... Right. Like where you can feel the wood grain brown SGs.
0: Yeah, and so... If this was like an SG standard, I would say like, oh, it's a refinish and there's some headstock issue and but there's replacement pickups, so 700 bucks is actually like a pretty solid price for a refinished because the only ones that they did in brown that I know of were the fadeds. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The, the fadeds were like 800 bucks new the resale on them right now is terrible like 450 yeah. to 550 yeah with the refinish missing the headstock low, the refinish in theory should raise the value
1: well it depends on how good it is you'd have to go see it in person to right. see what it looks like because it could be awful and it could hurt the value of it if it's a good refinish and it's like yeah why it could be 700
0: but the headstock like it just i don't know i i can't Something about it like is where I can't work past it.
1: Yeah, that's rough. Like I feel like if you're gonna ask seven hundred bucks, you need to go to the shop and be like put it back in there. Right. And I realized, like a pair of Seymour Duncan antiquity pickups
0: is worth way more than two hundred dollars. Like if I was sure. to say like this is worth five hundred, antiquities I think are like a hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars a
1: piece. Yeah. Um so the values there, it just like I mean, you could potentially go pick up this guitar, swap the pickups for some standard PAFs, and then sell the pickups to get, right. get the price down if you wanted to get more of a deal.
0: Yeah, something about it just makes me like think of when somebody sells... A guitar and they're like, Oh, I I did like all of this relicing myself <laughs> and it's like congratulations, that doesn't make it worth more money.
1: Yeah. And we've said before that, you know, modifications don't typically actually raise the price the resale value on things because they're your modifications for you. Yeah, and you know the person buying it isn't necessarily interested in those things, right? I think in this case, if the if the refinish is good and those are great pickups, for sure, uh, you know I can see the value, but that headstock just puts it off for me. Yeah, like I can't get past that.
0: It's a little, it's it's aesthetics, and it, yeah. I feel like it sounds shallow because I feel like we're but putting that's like, a
1: big part of guitars, is, is yeah. We're if I feel like we're putting aesthetic.
0: so much emphasis on like the brand name which is generally what we're not about as sure. podcasters and as musicians is like name brand stuff but in this case like it's something where it's you know if you're going to sell it as Gibson and the Gibson logo is like straight up destroyed um
1: I, mean, I would have I more know. grace if it was a guitar where the the inlay was destroyed because of use Right. Because it was destroyed because of a refinish where the the guy lost it, that irritates yeah, me. Yeah, and again... Like, if, if one of the letters was knocked off because of heavy use, then I'd be like, oh, okay. Sure. And Natural again, it's relic.
0: like, it's like this is, as far as I can tell, the headstock is still black. What? Yeah. Like, why is this different? Did he just not tape it off or something? Like, did he actually remove it and not put it back? Like, what's the deal here?
1: Yeah, it's weird. Watch, uh, this guy's gonna be a listener of ours.
0: Whatever. <laughs> hey, if you if you
1: if you but this own, place, if you own okay. this
0: like like let us know a little more details about the story. Like I don't under, like I still don't get it.
1: Yeah, uh, it would be funny if one day we did trash talk something that was a listener's guitar. And he wrote in, and he was like, "Hey, what the f? One of these one of these <laughs> days
0: one of these days, our buddy Paul is going to list something on Craigslist. Oh, We've yeah. got enough San Diego listeners that it's inevitable that eventually we will trash talk something that somebody we yeah, know probably who listens to this podcast uh, has listed on
1: Craigslist." So It's going to happen. Well, that kind of plays into one of the topics that we have here. Yeah. You want to read that off? Uh, we got this from Jimmy Smith, a.k.a.
0: Jimmy, Jimmy Jr. Jr. Jimmy Jr. Uh, <laughs> nice. Oh, Jimmy Jr. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for him. If his wife ever listened to this, she should be like, what is wrong with these guys? <laughs> Why are they obsessed with your name? You need to change your Facebook name. You can't be Jimmy Jr. He anymore. likes it.
1: He's he's acknowledged that he likes yeah, it. It was a selling it, point for me yeah, when I first started listening to you guys. <laughs> Jimmy Jr. If, if you become uncomfortable with if this if, with what we do, okay, then just I'm tell gonna, us. I'm
0: gonna do an aside for a second because I've wondered this for like a decade. Wow, is Co your given name? It's short for Kokomo.
2: For real, like named after the Beach Boys. Like your wow.
0: is that? So is your full name Kokomo?
2: No, my name's Just
0: Co. It's Just Co. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's still crazy to me. But anyway, um, <laughs> dang Steve. I well, seriously, I've been thinking about this for literally a decade or close to a decade. Really? Like whenever it was we first played with you guys,
1: yeah, I've never, I've, I've never like, questioned it once. It's just Thank like you.
0: it's one of those things. You bet. Well, I'm not <laughs> questioning it. I just want to know where it comes from. you a real like, person. I
1: guess I assumed that it was short for. Some kind of some kind of name. I right. do like, for like Colin or something. Yeah, I don't something know. like
0: that. Uh so that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I couldn't back.
1: think of a name that it would be short for. And so I froze. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I kept uh, thinking of, uh, so Jimmy Jr. etiquette question.
0: <laughs> when you see people listing something for eighty dollars when fifty-six is the average sold price. Do you try and help them realize that their gear isn't worth what they th- want it to be? Or do you let them figure it out? Assume it's a Facebook friend or actual real friend. I've seen this coming over to Reverb, my hood, asking <laughs> GTP Dub prices. That's Gear Talk Praise and Worship prices. Probably like Gear Talk Classified section. Yeah. Uh, and I want to help them realize your $200 new... Overdrive isn't worth $185. It's $160 free shipping tops. <laughs> and if you ask too much on reverb, you won't usually even get offers. Then they stop using reverb because they think nothing sells on it and that's not the case. Just my question slash rant slash topic. Congrats on the baby BT dubs. So I've seen this on Craigslist. A lot of people I've known who like hate on Craigslist are like, Oh, I bought this Mexican Stratocaster for $500, and I put up there for 450 great deal, nobody buys it, Craigslist sucks.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. People get frustrated because they don't understand the way the pricing works in right. whatever market that they're using, whether it be Craigslist or Reverb or even eBay, anywhere, really. Yeah, uh, and,
0: and Reverb's not one that I've, I've bought things off of there, but I've never tried to sell anything, so I really don't know, and then the stuff that I've bought have been like reverb.com stuff like sure. so it's new i've sure. never bought anything used off there so i've it, been starting to look i do know that marketplace a school. lot
1: more i've been starting to watch them i need to get into i need to try to sell some stuff on reverb steve just went in the bathroom good luck steve <laughs> hope everything comes out okay <laughs> i hope it all comes out in the end But <laughs> well, yeah reverb seems really in- like a really interesting marketplace to me uh Someone did a breakdown, I think, on the group of what they the percentage they take, and it's a lot better than eBay. eBay takes a really high percentage these days, especially when you factor in PayPal and shipping and stuff like that. It sounds like Reverb is kind of the place to be. Uh, Stuff seems more expensive to me there, but it's kind of like if you're buying and selling in the same marketplace, then it kind of all evens out. Like if you buy something from there and then resell it on there, it's all going to even out in the end. So you don't really have to worry about that too much, but it's still, everything used there is cheaper than new. So that's, you know, an interesting thing to think about. And it seems like they've got a pretty good community. Um, I, I've never done much ever much, any
2: online selling of anything, honestly, except pickup that gotcha. blew up on me one time. Not but even
1: like Craigslist ads or anything like that?
2: No, I've never sold a guitar pedal, nothing. eBay, Craigslist. How either. do you sell? Do you, do you sell stuff? Not very often. Okay. I just remembered. I'm joining that Liars Club oh, again. I just remembered was, a situation. Oh, man. Dang it.
1: Episodes of Lies. Uh, yes, episodes of <laughs> Lies. Your name is Liar. Okay. You sit on a I throne of I have sold
2: uh-huh. two items on Craigslist, but the it was like desperate situations. Where sure, I'm like, sure. I don't know. I I don't trust it. I don't buy stuff on Craigslist. I mean, maybe this isn't the right company to say that in, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't buy stuff you on need, Craigslist. Dare you. you need to leave. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> this podcast is over. <laughs> so I like I try not to sell on there, and then like eBay just seems like a hassle. So I've yeah, never done totally. it. But uh, I have looked at Reverb a lot, and like I don't know if it's a better platform for selling
0: and buying. It might be worth it. Yeah. I, I feel like what I've seen on reverb is it just really depends on what you're trying to sell. Uh-huh. I don't know what they um like, if there's a length of time. Cause I know like on eBay, like you put it, something up for auction and it's like seven days. Yeah. If, and then if it doesn't sell in seven days, you're just screwed out of fees. Yeah. Like you, you have to pay the fees, whatever the fees were. Um, but though I have you, I don't know if they send these to everyone. Maybe they do. Um, but I get like, promotions from ebay all the time that's like list now for seven days no fees mm-hmm. uh-huh um so i get a lot of those so it, i mean if you time for that it, it can work out
1: yeah um someone was telling me that ebay takes like 10 percent or something well that's like that. what
0: jimmy was saying is i think it was like 10 percent and then t- paypal takes like another three percent yeah Jeez. so you're losing like 13 percent i sold um something not too long ago uh, I don't remember what, but I sold something on eBay. Oh, those microphones! I sold some microphones, uh-huh. uh, some a set of broken Sure SM58s, and I sold them for like sixty bucks. And I think after fees, I was sitting like at fifty bucks. So I guess this probably that's right, probably close to fifteen percent.
1: Yeah, it's pretty rough. Uh,
0: thirteen to thirteen f- percent, something like that, um, with PayPal fees and everything else. Uh, and uh, Jimmy, I think, was saying that with Reverb, the fees are like a lot. They're
1: like 3 to 5%. It sounds like there's introductory fees. Like your first couple items, there's a higher fee. And then once, right. once they know that you're like a competent seller, then they lower the fees or something. Yeah. Um.
0: So as far as the topic, the question itself, like
1: how do you deal with that? I have told people before, like, hey, your stuff is like, too expensive. Yeah. I try to do it tactfully, like online, if I don't know the person. I'll be like, okay, here's here's an example of what these sell for.
0: It's really rare that I contact somebody out of the blue. Yeah. Um, that's like a listing, because if it's something that I think is really underpriced, I'm just gonna buy it and sell it for more.
1: Sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, he's talking about stuff that's overpriced, not underpriced. Well, he's
0: that's true. Like stuff that's overpriced, um, you know, Sometimes like I said like people complain like oh I tr- listed this on Craigslist. I listed this whatever for this much money that's like 50 bucks more than normal. Uh-huh. Um and it didn't sell so Craigslist sucks. And sometimes I just try to be like if it's someone I know I'm just like if it's someone complaining about it in a group yeah I'll be pretty quick to be like well it's because you're an idiot. <laughs> like it's because like you don't your price like like Tell why how do you really feel steve like the going price on this is is this other value and and um we've i think we've talked about this before uh the on ebay the sold listings like you can sort yeah. by sold listings and you can get a pretty good idea of what, what things, things are for. worth uh-huh um, what things should be worth on the used market and, and kind of adjust from there um but i think a lot of times it just depends on whether or not uh, the person is asking for advice and what your relationship with that person is. Sure. I know mm-hmm. I you've listed some stuff where I've been like, oh, dude, I, I don't know. I think you might be like a little high on that. But then like we've known each other for over 10 years or like close to 10 years. Yeah. Um. So it's more like it's a very like almost familial, like you're advising a family member. Like Sure. Like if you really want to make know this that- work.
1: It's not going to hurt my feelings. Exactly. If you tell exactly. Like that to me.
0: Half the time when I send you like something I've listed, it's to get your feedback on the price. Like I don't say like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" but it's like, right. "Oh dude, here's my ad." Yeah. Like, what can I do to make this better is kind of like part and parcel like it's underwritten. Sure, sure. Um so I you know, it really just depends on your relationship with the person. Some people are going to learn like if they understand the way selling used gear works like okay I listed something for 2 weeks at this price and not sell I need to lower the price. Other people are just you know they're too stubborn to figure that out intuitively so you know maybe they need to be prodded. Some people can't be prodded.
1: Yeah, well some people get their ego wrapped up in what their like their perceived value of their stuff so much like right Oh my gosh! It's definitely worth this. This is what I paid. Why would I sell it for any less than I paid? It's like you bought it new from a store and it had tags on it. You know, like you can't expect to someone else to pay what you paid, and it doesn't mean that you made a bad decision when you bought it. That's just how you know resale works. Like some people do get super hurt over like retail resale pricing and stuff like that. Yeah, and that can. We've seen that drive people away from different, you know, resale markets like Craigslist or Reverb or eBay or whatever. Like, oh, people don't, no one on, on that site understands what I'm trying to sell. And I only got like two offers in a month and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, you don't really understand how this works. You know, right. you got to kind of play the long game and, and whatnot. As far as, you know, like if you see an ad for something that you want though, like we were just talking about that SG. I don't think I would be interested in that SG over $500 right? Uh, just because of the cosmetic issue and because of what the guitar that it started out as. And it does, it wouldn't have bothered me to have the original pickups in it sort of thing. Um, but I'm, because it's priced at 700 bucks, I don't feel comfortable just riding a dude and being like, Hey, will you take? $200 less than you're asking for. Yeah, he's going to figure it out. Yeah, he's he's not going to write me back, but I will keep watching Craigslist, and if he starts to budge on the price and start lowering it, then I might start taking sure. notice, you know? Because I've, I've been thinking about SGs for a while. Really? I think I might like an SG at some point in my life. Are you saying you've been thinking about something? I've been thinking about something. What are you you getting at? I just
0: made a reference to the Hanson song I talked about at the beginning of the episode. Oh, I have no idea.
1: (laughs) I have no idea. Congratulations. (laughs) We've come full circle. Uh, There was another topic. Uh, What was it?
0: Do we want to talk about the neck or the
1: amps? Uh Let's talk about the next. Right, I don't even know how to answer it. Let's, let's hit the amp question just because I don't even know how to answer it, and we'll see what you say. All right, we got this or from Travis
0: you- Goodman on our call out for topics. He says, hey, guys, I think a cool topic would be to discuss amp modding for lower wattage. For example, if you have a 40-watt tube amp and want it to get modded down to t- to like 20 or 10, if cost is worth it or if it's worth purchasing an amp already at that wattage.
1: I've never done this sort of thing before. I, I think I said last podcast that I don't mess around with amps as far as mods because uh, it scares me because I might die. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah,
0: I think it really depends on the amp. Yeah, definitely. In most cases, like if you're using a 40-watt, so I I talked about like the Hot Rod Deluxe before. Uh-huh. Uh, I, own, I used to own a Hot Rod Deluxe, and it's something like that. Um, it's a... Uh, 40 watt 6L6 powered amp. So if you get like some TH, there's a company called THD that makes a product called the Yellow Jacket. Uh-huh. And the Yellow Jacket allows you to fit a, a EL84 possibly a, C, a 6V6, but I know EL84 for sure, a tube into a um, into a, a 6L6 style socket. And basically what the difference is, this is a really rough. Um, some Someone who actually knows amps is probably rolling their eyes right now. But basically, (laughs) uh, the maximum uh, wattage on a 6L6 style tube is like 15 or 18 watts. Maybe it's... No, sorry. It's 20... I actually remember looking this up. I want to say it's 23 watts. Okay. um, Which is how like... On a Hot Rod Deluxe, so the, the Hot Rod Deluxe, there's a pair of six L sixes, so 23 watts times two is 46 watts. Okay. On the Hot Rod Deville, I think they run them a little hotter, so that's how they get to 60 watts with with the same thing, two tubes. Sure. Um, they're push pull, so you need two tubes. You can't just like add a third tube and get up to 30 watts. It doesn't work that way. Right. Um. So with a With the Yellow Jackets, uh, the EL84, I want to say, is spec to like 12 watts. So if you have a pair of EL84s on Yellow Jackets replacing your 6L6s, then you're running at like 20 to 25 watts, and then you can adjust the bias or whatever. If you're doing something like Yellow Jackets, it might be worth the mod. I do think like if you have like a 40 watt amp and your thought is to like go in and have an amp tech like massacre the circuit to drop the wattage down. Yeah. Um that just
1: it seems like a lot of trouble to yeah, me. Yeah, it
0: seems like a lot of trouble. I I don't know enough about amp electronics to say whether or not that's cost effective. Yeah. I know there's a lot of amps now that have like quarter power switches, but I don't know how those work. Um from an electronics standpoint. Well, so Well, are there
1: some amps where I've seen people say like, "Oh, you get this amp, and if you just p- completely pull out one of these tubes, and it like cuts the power in half." Right. Uh, if you
0: if you have a quad a quad set of of uh, power tubes, so for example. On, like a Mesa dual rectifier, you've got four tubes in your. T- There's six L6s, 25 watts a piece, four uh-huh. tubes. It's 100 watts. So if you pull out a pair, it, it becomes 50 watts. It changes the impedance. I want to say it doubles the impedance. So instead of having an eight ohm optimum output, you now have a 16 ohm, but I may have that backwards. Yeah. Um. But there, yeah, that's, you can pull the tubes. The other thing that you can do that is also cheating and borders on dangerous unless you get as but as long for most amps as long as you get don't get too extreme it's okay is if you have a 40 watt head it's 40 watt at 8 ohms so if you put attach it to a 16 ohm cab you now have a maximum output of 20 ohm or 20 watts at 16 ohms huh that's a rough estimate it's probably closer to 30 whether or not it makes a difference, I don't really know. Whether or not it's safe depends on the manufacturer. Most transformers will be able to handle one step in either direction. So if you have 40 watts at 8 ohms, it will do four. It'll do 40 watts at 4 ohms okay. Or if you jump up to 16 ohms, it will be, like I said, 28, 32, something like that. It's not a perfect correlation. Sure. Um so I know some guys who have done that where they've got an amp with four tubes they pull the pair they pull one pair to cut their wattage in half and then they like screw with their impedance to even get lower um, but it's not it's that's a very diy way of doing it yeah it's it's risky to make a blanket statement. There's amps where that works.
1: Uh-huh, totally. But
0: definitely, like, this is something, if, you want, if you're thinking, like, that's a method you want to do, like, do your research. Yeah. Don't just say, like, oh, Steve says it'll work. Because what I'm saying is <laughs> it will work with some amps. It's not going to work with every amp. Uh-huh.
1: I always thought the thing to do was to get a, an attenuator. For sure. And, like, that seemed like that was always... if Like, the, the issue here is that... With a lower watt amp, you can push it to drive sooner. You know, you don't need to drop the wattage to push it to drive. You can get an attenuator. that You put it in between your amp and your speaker. Right. And the attenuator soaks up some of that power so that you can actually drive your amp higher up to get that drive without uh, putting as much signal into the speaker. So it's quieter, but with more drive. And so you can take your 60 watt amp and make it drive at the volume that. A 15 watt amp would
0: right, and and always remember with with that kind of thing of one, you're you're affecting the power section. So if you're if you're relying on preamp drive, yeah. um, it's not going to matter. It's going to make it quieter, but it's not going to necessarily affect your drive level, right? And two, like you know, always remember that the difference. In order to, like, double your volume or, like, double your power, like, you're talking about going from, like, 10 watts versus 100 watts. Sure. So going from, like, 40 watts down to 10 watts might give you a little more hair, but it's not going to give you a ton. Yeah, it's not going to be a huge I, difference. I've got that custom, um, the custom Defender 15 head, and the difference between, there's a little bit of a headroom difference between, like, 4 and 15 watts, but I wouldn't say it's quieter it's just got a different drive characteristic. Yeah, totally. Um, and the sensitivity on that knob is still like very uh it's there. Like if I'm running at like say nine o'clock at four watts and nine o'clock at fifteen watts, there's a little spike in volume, but it's very similar. If I'm pushing into like drive territory at fifteen watts and I'm then I switch it down to four watts, it's still freaking loud. Yeah. It's just a different drive voice. A little voicing. less, a, a little different characteristic on the app.
2: I've got the, the Vox AC4. Okay. And there it's four watt, one watt, quarter watt. And the volume difference is ridiculous. There's a huge really? difference on that huh. one. But, I, I mean, I
0: don't know if that's because of the ratio between... Four right. and a quarter and four and 15 or what? Yeah. But. Well, four and a quarter, like if four to, you know, going on, my, in my case, going from 15 to four, that's the same jump as you going from four to one. Yeah. So like from going from four to a quarter, that's over tenfold. Well, that's, that's, like, over tenfold that's like one difference.
1: to 16, right? Yes. So that's, that's. Wow. You did math. Yeah, I did. So that's, you know, we, we, it's. You know, rough, people have roughly said that you know to cut your the volume of your amp in half, you have to do one tenth. Yeah, and so one sixteenth is definitely going to get you there.
0: Yeah, and again, like I think, maybe like you said, maybe the dri- the difference in drive characteristic varies a lot more when you're already looking at low wattage, like sure, one sure. versus four amp or four one versus four watts, whereas looking at like twenty versus forty watts, well, actually, the difference would be like twenty versus eighty watts. So thinking about twenty, do you know what the we got this PV Bravo in here? Do you know what the wattage on that is? It
1: says it's a one twelve. I assumed that would be hundred watts, but it's probably well, 112 not. 112
0: is the number of speakers. I'm not yeah. sure. Well, I, I had a
1: Bandit one twelve, and that was one hundred watts.
0: Right, but that was solid state, so that's a different. Yeah, I want to say the Bravo is like twenty watts. Um, as we all try to figure out what this is, the answer to well, this Co's, question is. Is it twenty five? Wow um oh, no, over here, 85. just yeah. kidding well no 85 is that is going to be the output yeah so 25 is probably or rather 85 yeah. is the input so that's the amount of power it's sucking out of the wall 25. jeez i am a nerd <laughs> um i'm guessing 25 probably sounds about right
1: yeah
0: um and uh so with something like that like you know, if you want to do like the quarter step up, you're talking about 25 watts versus a uh, versus 250
1: watts. Yeah, totally.
0: And you know, like like I said, we talked about earlier, like the characteristics is going to change between like 25 and 100 watts in terms of headroom, um, but the overall volume, a lot of people aren't going to hear a difference in those.
1: Yeah. So. I mean, this is really all about get. Keeping it at a volume that's workable while pushing it, uh, pushing an amp to tube distortion. Yeah. So, uh, let's move on to the uh, the next question. Sure. Uh, oh, I
0: forgot we had a third question. Yeah. That's why I was rambling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Steve was trying to fill time. Uh, Tim Balint. Is, do you think that's how I say the name? I don't know. B-A-L-I-N-T. Sure. Balint. Sounds good. I'm always worried. Maybe it's Valent. Valent. I don't know. I said that I'm, about
0: Jeremy Pagan, and it turned out, or it was, Is it Jeremy? Is that his name? Yeah, I, Jeremy Pagan. Yeah, turned out it was Pagan.
1: Yeah, we suck at names. Like guys, if you need to start, like every time you 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 post on the group, you oh need to gosh. write out a phonetic <laughs> uh, explanation of how to yeah. pronounce your name just how, for hey, us.
0: Hey, how about that, Danny L? Uh, Tiake you know I t- don't know T-A-K? You know who I'm talking about Daniel no. Tiake
1: We love you Danny I don't remember you He's got that uh, remember, he's yeah. got
0: That, that <laughs> uh, Salvage Custom chope <laughs> Daniel Tiake
1: You see where he's going with that well, I, have, no? <laughs> I have no idea how to respond to any of this <laughs> What is I don't understand anything Let's you just, just said. let it lie Continue with the question Okay Tim asks Maybe you have already covered this on another podcast. I'm only on episode 21. How about the importance of choosing a neck for your guitar project? Experience uh, with different aftermarket brands, what to stay away from, good bang for your buck. I'm currently deciding what to go with on my 1963 P-Bass recreation project.
0: All right. First of all, if you're on episode 21, I hope you're working backwards. Yeah, I hope so. Um, if not, well, I'm sorry. I'll actually. Well, he's made it to 21. If not, he's congratulations. Not- you've made it out of the danger zone. Yeah.
1: If you've made it to 21, you're going in a direction where it only gets better. Uh, so good for you. If you're going backwards, uh, it's going to get rough probably around 12 or 13. It doesn't get too rough. We have some. Yeah. We have some episodes that start have that have some issues early on. I think on. like
0: after episode eight, it got pretty solid.
1: Yeah, but I think we still had a couple little hiccups here and there. Sure. Um, I don't really have a ton
0: of experience with aftermarket necks. I think that's more your ballpark. Yeah, I
1: tend to really try to buy. Uh, I've I've done a bunch of projects around uh, Mexican fender necks. I try to buy just off the used market parts of from the brand that i like although i did have an an aftermarket neck one time that i think was a wd that was that reverse headstock that was on the explorer was that a wd
0: or a mighty Mite?
1: i don't think it was a mighty Mite. okay it was either wd or a warm mouth
0: what's the neck that's on your explorer
1: it's a mim right now Oh, okay. It just has the it has a logo stripped off.
0: I know you had one neck from somebody that I just wanted to light on fire. Like it was awful.
1: The the rogue neck?
0: Oh, maybe that's what it was. That was
1: that came on that rogue guitar that someone gave me. I think I still have that in the garage. It was miserable. But the, the neck that I had on the explorer that had the reverse headstock, either it was W D or it's Warmoth. I can't remember.
0: No, it was W D or Mighty Might. It definitely wasn't Warmoth.
1: You don't think so? No. Warmoth is higher end, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway Maybe it was Mighty might I can't remember, but it was awful. I wish I could remember now so I could say what it was and to avoid it, but I was not happy with it. The frets were really sharp on it. Yeah. I had a lot of trouble working the uh the truss rod to a place where I liked it. Um the, the head I didn't like the reverse headstock, but that's my own fault for buying it that way. I don't know where did you get that neck from. I think I ordered it direct from wherever it came from. Okay, or I got it. No, I think I got it on eBay. It was so long ago. Right. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's really. You know, when you get into those aftermarket necks, it can be tough. I don't know if I can recommend any of them. Um, just because I don't have full experience with any of them. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think you were asking about this base earlier and I sent you a link to Fender. Fender sells uh necks now. Yeah. You can buy just full necks from Fender. They're a little bit pricey compared to what you would do with a aftermarket neck, but not really even. Yeah. Uh, I you can get a Mexican neck direct from Fender for a base that do will they do about- they
0: sell the import necks too?
1: Uh well, they sell Mexican. Okay. I think it's Mexican and American options. I don't I think they have that. Japanese or, uh, sure. or any Squire necks or anything like that. Right. But you can get the Mexican neck from them for about 200 bucks, And you know what you're getting. It's if you want to go more premium than a Mexican neck, they do have the American necks, but that's going to get you into like the $700 range, uh, which is pretty steep. Yeah. Uh, uh you know, in that case, you might be better off going with something custom from Warmoth or from Mighty Night yeah. might or well, something like that. Or you
0: know, I, for some reason, my gut says like Mighty Might is no not that great. No, it's not. I think if I was doing like a P base rebuild, I would probably, um, I would look on eBay and just kind of see what's there for like Fender original. Yeah, like you were talking about, like the MIM necks, or even like a Fender American neck or Warmoth. Yeah, there are some other like great brands out there. USA Custom Guitars does a lot of really good stuff. Uh huh. Um, I would really look at say. reviews
1: of what other people are saying after they bought them. Obviously, we don't have a ton of experience with them, uh, so you really got to ask around. Um, good luck. I got that to say. <laughs> I, I got a
2: note question on that. Or, okay. Um, have you guys ever done any like fret dressing?
1: I haven't. I no. want to learn how to do it. Have you ever
2: done it? I have not, but the neck I'm looking at for that base 6 project, the guy says it, the frets don't come dressed, but oh. he'll do it at an extra
1: charge. Oh, okay. Huh. He says it's a simple task, but if you don't,
2: don't want to deal with it, I'll do it for X amount of
1: dollars. And Well, you just, seem like you're pretty confident to try stuff. It might be worth it to... I'm also good at ruining stuff when I try that. <laughs> <it>. That's true. <laughs> too, that's true. Well, they make... I've looked at the tools to do it and they make these little like steel sleeves that you put over the actual frets. So it makes sure it makes it so that you can't ruin the rest of the neck when mm. you're, you know, attacking the frets with a file or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, that's interesting. I mean, that's my biggest concern is. Yeah. I mean, here's what I would say. Uh, I would get the tools. Like, look at what tools you need to do. Look up, like, tutorials on that. And then experiment a little bit on, like, the higher frets on the Squire 51 before you move on to your final neck. Yeah. And to see how it goes. Uh, Because I'd really like to have that skill. Because then I could buy all kinds of necks and work them up sure you know i was looking for I can a lot make, make certain guitars i have play a little bit better by by working on the neck yeah i was frets. looking
0: for a long time actually i was gonna get i think the rogue neck from you one of the necks uh-huh. i had like sharp frets from you for a long time but um just to try to work on fret dressing yeah um but i don't own a flat file right now Uh, which is if you have sharp ends, I know you need like a flat file to work on that. Uh And then the tops for like crowning and like final dressing. Um, Stumac actually sells like a tool that like, it's almost, it's like a sandpaper block, but it's like ultra fine that you just like, I think run up and down the neck. Yeah. And it kind of will do that for you. Um, But that's, like I said, that's more along the lines of like crowning and like, the frets the tops of the frets themselves whereas like fret dressing a lot of times what you're concerned about is the edges
1: Uh uh-huh interesting Uh that's something that i really want to learn how to do that's for sure yeah
0: stumac i'm not a huge fan of stumac for parts they're okay Uh uh-huh if you're doing like bulk part orders they can be pretty cheap yeah but stumac is a really great resource for luthier. Yeah, uh, type like for parts, like for or for uh, like tools and tools. stuff. Tools, that's yeah. the word I'm looking for. Our
1: friend uh, and friend of the show, Sam Miller, is always uh, cursing them. Oh, really? On Facebook, though, because he works over at Deering the banjo company, and he's always pissed off at their uh, at their nut files. Are they not good? Uh, apparently not. He's always upset with them. Huh. <laughs> And it's probably just because he uses them all day that, you know, if there's one that's not good, then he's just like super upset about it. Sure. Where someone who's more on the hobby side like us probably wouldn't know any different, (laughs) but it's like a professional sort of thing.
0: We need to get him on the show. And instead of having what's new, we'll just have him play like some video game songs. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's where it's at. Sure. Sure. All right.
1: Do you have anything else? I think we're done. Yeah, I think we're I done. I hope for we're him. done. Well, it's been an hour and nine minutes. What? <laughs> well, uh Ugh. oh, we well, gotta play. We're gonna talk about the song. We're gonna play. Uh, it is from the guy Travis Goodman. Was, Travis Goodman. What song did we pick? I'm opening the email. This is super great was it listening. was
0: it give me time it is give it was me time the second one
1: yeah we listened to both these songs that he sent us we picking this one it sounds really fun to me yeah
0: he said this is a a a band he plays in he plays rhythm electric guitar and he sings background vocals the guy's name is Ryan Webster and you can check him out at ryanwebstermusic.com um and yeah just This is a cool song. I was pretty stoked about it.
1: That sounds good. Uh, It's been great having you on the show, Co. It's been a blast being on. Yeah. uh, Great looking at your stuff. We're going to post pictures of your stuff online. I guess, you know, this is two weeks past when the first episode is going to be up, but whatever. Uh, Well, yeah, we'll post pictures of the stuff that you brought, the two guitars and the amp. Uh, It's been great having you on. Are
0: you saying today isn't August 30th?
1: It is. It is August 30th for sure. Actually, it's the Monday after August 30th. This is a live podcast.
0: Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you were listening to this live, if you're listening to it on Monday, the day that it comes out. What is that, September 1st? I don't... Yeah. <laughs> It is September 1st, and this is a live podcast. Hey, your birthday. When's your birthday? August 31st. Hey, happy birthday. Thank, well, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. This is the day after my birthday, yeah, August this 31st. Will, this, podca- <laughs> this podcast will be coming out after birthday, so happy birthday. All right. Enjoy the that song. That explains the balloons. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you guys want some leftover birthday cake? Here. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. It's so good. <laughs> enjoy the song, guys. See you next time.